Hello out there in Geekland, Daniel here with Temple of Geek, and I'm just coming to you a little bit before the episode just to kind of give you a little bit of context about what today's episode is all about. Um, we have two very special guests on today with us. The first one is Tatiana Pena, who's a cosplayer currently studying video game and animation. Tatiana is extremely passionate about the way cultural stories across media are told. Much of Tatiana's research has to do with diversity and how representation matters. Tatiana's post on Instagram was the reason for the inspiration of this episode. Our next guest is Paloma Figueroa. You may remember her from our diversity and fandom episode that we did, and most recently the the fan reactions to Captain Marvel episode. Paloma is a diversity and inclusion consultant who loves talking about what's what's it like being a Latina fangirl in the world today, and what kind of impact representation in comics and media has on fans. So we thought these two guests would be perfect to talk about Tatiana's Instagram post. So I want to read what that Instagram post says so you have the whole backstory as to why we put together this episode. So here's that post. Blackface is becoming something more common in the cosplay community. With the rise of blackface comes the rise of people of color speaking out against it, both respectfully and from a place of pain and frustration. However, no matter how much we try to get people to understand and stop blackface, raceface, it continues strong. People that have done blackface, raceface, may do it without knowing how offensive it is. And when issues are brought up to them, whether it be in the form of an attack or an informative dialogue, have noticed that they try to justify the wrongdoing and play victim rather than admit their wrongdoing and grow from their mistakes. Rather than try to understand why so many people are offended, they try to defend themselves. Of course, it is natural to defend yourself in situations like this, but perhaps you should start to listen and see past your personal beliefs. Understand this is from a person of color's point of view. Blackface is wrong is more than just an opinion. Blackface has a historical connotation that many fail to accept. Understand and take it into consideration when they decide to cosplay someone from another race. This post is meant to shed some light on those who may not understand what the big deal is. Well, that's the post. And now that you have the context, I believe it's time to start the episode. So, without further ado, go ahead and start that intro. Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. All things geek. Uh, thank you. Uh, welcome back to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name's Jose. I will be your host today as we talk about uh, blackface and cosplay and why is it wrong. With me today is the cosplayer Tatiana, who recently wrote a very moving post on this of uh, the subject. And returning to the podcast is uh, Paloma. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being on with us today. Uh, before we start, uh, let's guess a little description of both of you for our fans and followers. So, Paloma, would you describe yourself for us? Yeah, of course. Hello, nerd family. Uh, my name is Paloma Figueroa, and I'm one of the newer members of the Temple of Geek team. I live and work in the Bay Area. By day, I work to make organizations safer, more diverse, and more equitable for folks as a diversity and inclusion consultant. Uh, by night, I volunteer, I travel, and I nerd out pretty hard from cosplay to fan fiction, uh, doing my best to bring a spotlight to representation and inclusivity in fandom and pop culture. All right, thank you. Tatiana, uh, tell us about yourself. All right, uh, my name is Tatiana, and I'm a cosplayer. And outside of cosplay, I actually um, am a video game and animation student. And um, a lot of my research actually surrounds um, diversity in games and representation. So um, it's 
really good to actually be able to talk about this today. That's great. Um, fantastic. So I came across your post you posted on uh, Instagram, read through it. It's very moving, very relatable. So my question is, uh, what was your thoughts going through when you decided to post your thoughts on your Instagram? So um, I was really, really quiet on the subject for a really long time um, because I felt like I wasn't ready to say what needed to be said. And I follow this Instagrammer, uh, King Kitsu, and they're a huge, huge inspiration for me. And um, I joined one of their lives and they were talking about yet another instance of this happening and the response of so many people was of support of a black facing cosplayer. So um, I felt like that was my time to like sit there, think about it and write an informative kind of response to what's been going on rather than um, something that's been backed by a lot of emotion, you know, like being angry about it. Um, while I am angry about it, I felt like it was more important for me to uh, take the informative approach and kind of open up a dialogue instead of start a fight. What was like the, what's for the action or the, the flow of, uh, when you post the article? I'm sure you got a bunch of reactions or backlash, I'm guessing, or not backlash, but like comments when you post the your article. Yeah, so um, I posted it at like the wee hours of the morning, at like three o'clock in the morning. So um, I wasn't really expecting on getting any kind of response, but like right away, I was backed with tons and tons of support. And as the day was going on, I was waiting for that one comment to just, you know, just be full of hate and, um, it actually took a while before people were really nasty about it. Um, more people were asking questions than, you know, being really, really mean about it, which was kind of my point. And I'm glad that it happened. But um, most of the people who um, who supported me uh, were also answering the questions of people in the comments when I couldn't. And then I started to get the backlash. <laughs> and rather than, um, you know, feed into their hateful responses with more hate and disrespect, I would just answer their question and kind of like leave it at that. But um, yeah, so um, I got a lot of questions. I got a little bit of hate. Most of the hate was actually in my um, my direct messages, but I could choose to ignore that or not so um i ignored most of it do you have a, a specific comment that you really uh gravitate towards when you're writing through all the comments there was any one that sticked out to you the most uh the ones that stuck out to me the most were coming from people who didn't really want to learn um where like i wrote all of this post uh all of this post <laughs> i wrote all of this in the post and it was informative. It had, you know, dates. It had historical, like, context. And I was just thinking, like, you know, this is it. This is what we needed. And then the comment that stuck out to me the absolute most was, um, well, I still don't get it. Um, I don't think it's wrong. Therefore, it's not wrong. Or I'll get the, the comment that's like, well, I didn't 
do it to be mean so it's not bad and i the only way i could respond is you know you could do things with the best intentions and you could still end up hurting someone it doesn't mean what you did wasn't wrong it just means you made a mistake what do you believe is the importance to speak about this matter uh i feel like the more we talk about it the more people will learn that this is an issue and it's always been an issue and i guess you know the more you raise awareness to any kind of problem out there um the same way it is with you know cancer and in the same way it is with lgbt the more we speak out about it the more people know and the more supporters we can get so it's like the more we can stand together and solve the problem as a collective because we can't do it if people don't know i just want to uh jump in and i really want to say thank you for your post and sharing a perspective and experience with followers because i know that speaking up is tough mentally physically spiritually intellectually i think a lot of people assume that putting oneself out there in this particular kind of way is just some kind of superpower you're born with and you wake up one day and you grab a mic and it's really not like that, at least in my personal experience. Um, that might be true for some, but really it can take years, years of crappy experiences, years of oppression, years of struggling to find your own voice. And I think that that's important to call out for those people who are still kind of in that process right now. Um, and so often the burden of it falls on people of color and people like individuals and groups who have experienced that marginalization in their own lives to do this work and using your voice is powerful. But I think the important thing here is to impress upon our audience and our friends and anybody who listen about how important it is for not only, you know, POCs and other marginalized groups, marginalized groups to have safe and accessible platforms to speak about these things that affect the quality of our lives, but for allies and accomplices to realize the power and privilege of their positions in supporting this work. I think the idea of this fist in the air activism is it's, it's a great weapon um, in this fight, but for an accomplice to like step back, make space for echo and amplifying conversations and voices like yours on topics like this is as much a superpower that we've seen in fiction, the movies that we obsess about all the time. So I just want to like say thank you for doing that. Of course. <laughs> so what are best uh, practices when cosplayers cosplay characters of different race? What are the best ways to uh, celebrate the character of color and cosplay even though you're not the person of color? Well, see, a lot of people feel like people of color are like gatekeeping the characters of color. And, you know, we're not. Um, I would just cosplay a person of color the same way you would cosplay someone who isn't. You know, make the costume. Um, all I would do is just be very mindful of the things that make that character who they are. Um, do things in a respectful way. Don't change your skin tone. Um, there have been people who asked me in my DMs, you know, I want to cosplay this character. Am I, am I allowed to do that without being racist? And I'm like, you know, you're not, you're not like, you're not racist. <laughs> um, like, you know, right off the bat, it's, uh, First and foremost, you know, thank you for coming and, you know, asking the question. And, uh, but you just, 
just don't change your skin tone. It's really, really simple. And um, I know that accuracy is a big reason that people do blackface. Um, I personally believe that cosplay is about fun and it's not about accuracy. While it may be important to some people, um, you just have to ask yourself, is your accuracy worth hurting an entire group of people? Um, and if you feel that it is, then maybe you need to reevaluate a couple of things. Um, maybe you might not want to, you know, do this in public <laughs> because you're going to get backlash for it regardless. Um, and it's not whitewashing if you're not a person of color and you're cosplaying a character that is of color. It's whitewashing when you take uh, the important part of that character's culture and you get rid of it as if it's not important. Plus one to everything you just said, especially the gatekeeping bit. Um, I talk about it all the time. <laughs> it's like my banner, my banner cause. Um my so basically my, my approach to this is a little bit long-winded so i warn you in advance but uh i actually talked to a really good friend of mine um her name is kim tran and she teaches ethnic studies and actually engages on this specific discourse on a regular basis with their students and so kind of in preparation for this i asked her for her feedback and she shared some articles um which I'm happy to link with this podcast when we go live. And she talks with her students about how, you know, they ask her, like, how do we codify and quantify this exact question, which is basically like, what's the formula for what is or isn't racist? And in this particular case, you know, how can I engage in amazing and appropriate cosplay and costuming? You know, here's looking at you Halloween every day. Um, to be clear, I think this is something she says as well. There isn't like a calculator where you can do some math and bam, you get a clear answer every time. Sometimes it is simple. Blackface and other race faces, wrong, don't do it. But there are a lot of like not so obvious situations where you need to use your noggin and think it through. Um, and she offered like a really clear set of questions kind of help you take a hard look at what you engage in. I'm not going to outline all of it because that would be a, that's another podcast that I think would be hella long. Um, but it fundamentally asks and actually expects you to do, as you said, like do your due diligence, do an honest assessment about the what and the why behind what you're doing. You know, in my opinion, as a socially responsible cosplayer, you've got to like not only look at what your intention is, you know, more than this is a rad character and you'd look banging in that uniform, but also the impact of that cosplay in the world and on others. And that means looking at the culture and the identity and the experiences that character has had in their storyline and on those real people that that character is drawn on. Ultimately, if you're there to engage in it for the grams of the likes, which I get it, but have no interest in the history, good and bad and comfortable and eye-opening, you know, and are not willing to support in, engage, or stand up for the hard topics related to those discussions outside of cosplay, then in my opinion, you got no right to stand for it. You know, beyond that, if cosplay is rooted, if the cosplay is rooted in a particular culture and kind of heavily reliant on kind of these deeply entrenched stereotypes or like a sacred social cultural cue that exists in our world, like a ceremonial headdress or particular physical feature, the exact things that have led 
people in those particular cultures to have experienced centuries of persecution. Uh, move along. You cannot cosplay without relying on using tired, damaging stereotypes to tell the rich history of a particular character. Y'all got some work to do and just move along. That's basically how I think about it. Well, I couldn't say any more. That was actually really good. Um, something on your post, you posted about the, about the blackface being wrong. Uh, you also gave a, his, a little bit of history about it. Can you like go a little more detail about like the history of like black of blackface and how it started? So, um, as far as American history goes, because um, I was actually having a conversation with a couple of my followers, and um, they taught me that you know blackface is a thing of many cultures, and um, maybe even older than what we know of in American history. So, um, as far as American history goes, um, basically. In the early, I believe it was 19th century, maybe 18th century, um, Caucasian people specifically in the, you know, in the U.S. would darken their skin tone with tar and other, you know, black paint, and they would overdraw their lips and they would draw white lines under their eyes to kind of uh, mock or imitate the the features of a black person and they would use that in theater to um to basically you know become a black person in a play and they would continuously mock a black person's behavior they would act out these really really cruel and de dehumanizing stereotypes and um it became really really popular like it was it was big pretty mainstream so as a result of that, these stereotypes that were acted out in theater became stereotypes that were associated with black people and people of color every single day. And while what is going on today isn't technically blackface, we use that buzzword because the, the context is there. So um, there were people who came into my inbox and said, this is not blackface, you're stupid for blah, 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 blah it's we're just the association is there so that's the reason that you know we're using that um so um in addition to that um a follower told me that people do this to well did this to people in the middle east they would paint themselves brown and they would hypersexualize themselves as an indian or uh, middle eastern woman um and if you know anything about the culture um it's very modest. So to hypersexualize a woman, um, it's disrespectful. It's um, it's fetishizing them, and it was pretty relevant. Um, that specific information was pretty relevant to what was going around around the time I made my post. Um, and in addition to that, there were people who told me that you know people all over Europe have a history of blackfacing, and it's even common today for um it to be happening in like traditional um traditional setting i guess yeah <laughs> yeah um to add upon that you know i think that popularly minstrel shows which is what tatiana was talking about in terms of like the entertainment form of blackface you know i cannot highlight more how this was a practice that was designed to mock and demonize dark skinned and black people. And while that is 
all but extinct, the practice still exists. And, you know, whether the whether blackface and cosplay is misunderstood by the cosplayer, I think it is still a, at its core a callback to a gross, harmful, and racist practice. And presently, like Hollywood has a long, wildly problematic history of employing blackface in films as a way to allow white actors and actresses access to roles at the expense of, and again, I cannot stress this enough, their black and brown counterparts. You know, Hollywood is also likely responsible for taking what many would say is a disturbing part of our distant past, which is heavy quotation marks, and inoculating a newer generation of consumers on what is more often called what Tatiana called whitewashing in the media. And is largely, and I, again, can't diminish how effed up it is. But in my opinion, you know, almost carries less of this shock factor and weight, you know, in the general media that blackface elicits. You know, if ScarJo is seen as whitewashing an Asian character, you know, it's not going to have the same response as someone seen as doing blackface in a film, even though it's effectively very much the same thing. Um, when I was doing research on this podcast, I read this article by Adam Howard of the Daily Beast about Hollywood's long history of blackface earlier this year and how it persists persists basically to this day. Um, and in his closing comments, he said, um, and this is sums up how I feel and how people should feel about it. Um, and he basically said, blackface has been used to systematically dehumanize, degrade, and disenfranchise people by propagating the very worst stereotypes about black people. So if you ever do it, you must understand you're now part of that legacy for better or for worse. And this is me speaking, ignorance, accidental, or otherwise is not an excuse for partaking in this bigoted rhetoric that reinforces damaging stereotypes. Like, can't understand why people don't get that, but mm -hmm. that's, that's it. Full stop. <laughs> End of story. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's... Because uh, I know, I believe, in certain parts of Europe, they still do festivals and that their main... Uh, they used to do blackface during these festivals. I'm trying to remember what country that does these festivals. I want to say somewhere Polish. It's either like Polish or Swedish. Um, I'm sorry for the people in Poland and Sweden. I don't know which country it is, but it's it's like Northern Europe. Um, there's a character that is uh, blackface, basically. Um, it's a Christmas oh, it tradition. What's Krampus? Up? Krampus, I think. No, no, Krampus is a demon, but it's oh. like a specific like blackface uh. thing. Like, yeah, they will all paint themselves brown, and like, that's the character. I can't remember what it is. Um, but yeah, uh, it's like they they don't see what's wrong with that because they aren't taught. You know that that has a really harmful historical background and. I feel like instead of attacking each other, um, we should inform people that this was a thing and it's still kind of a thing. And as long as people of color and um, pe as long as people of color are still facing these issues in everyday life, it will be a thing and we can't move on unless, you know, we no longer have to fight to be seen as equals. So what's uh, what's what are your thoughts for the cosplay community when it comes to issues regarding race? Um, I honestly want more people asking questions um, 
and when I say asking questions, I don't mean, you know, in a really petty way or, or in a really harmful way. I legitimately want people to have a dialogue, not a conversation. So like a dialogue is basically something like, you know, what we're having here, you know, people are sharing their ideas, they're respecting where everyone is coming from. And they're not crossing boundaries, but you know, talking in between them. <laughs> I don't, it's, it's really hard to explain. It's one of those things that you have to see for yourself to understand. But um, I just, I want more people to uh, leave their comfort zone and, you know, reach out to people and ask about the things that they don't understand. And they have to, I guess, accept that, you know, you're not going to know everything about every culture. And if you want to experience something from another culture, you're not, you're not going to be criminalized for wanting to know more. Um, in fact, that's what we want you to do. We want you to ask. We want you to be considerate. We don't want you to just take something and do something that's disrespectful, even if you don't know that you're doing something disrespectful. It, it's just, I don't know. We just ask questions. <laughs> have an open mind. You know, we're all here to have fun. We're all creatives. That's why we do what we do. And something that creatives should know is that your mind should be open to all kinds of possibilities. So it shouldn't be closed to this one. Yeah. And as a cosplayer myself, I think something that really helps me and what I hope others are able to do is to rely on and explore our amazing community. Sort of similarly, you know, there are great cosplayers out there navigating and speaking on these topics like our amazing guest. Many of them are incredibly open and accessible to answering questions, um, like Tatiana said, and talking about some of your concerns. Some might not be, but either way, it costs nothing to seek them out, to follow them on social media, on their blogs, listen to what they have to say from their perspective. You know, not everyone is going to be open to interacting with you. And that's okay. That's their right. You may get some pushback for some people who are consistently asked to do this work for free and at their mental expense or from trolls mm -hmm. looking to just push your buttons. Um, at the end of this, what I hope is that, you, you know, this gatekeeping that we keep talking about in our community um, doesn't undermine the creativity and the genuine love for these characters like Tatiana was talking about. You know, the multiverse of sci-fi and fantasy is so diverse and expansive and becoming even more so, and entertainment is only becoming more representative of that. And this unrealist, unrealistic set of parameters some canon-thumping nerd uses to keep us from exploring aspects of a character and ourselves through, you know, appropriate and creative cosplay would really break my heart. But that doesn't, you know, subvert the need to be thoughtful and be responsible and be educated about the decisions you make around it. And ultimately, you know, the rule of thumb is if it feels wrong, if you have doubt about your cosplay choices, just don't do it. And I just wanted to add a tiny little thing to that. Um, so uh, I'm a game design major, I'm an animation major. And something that we're taught in our class is if we are going to put anything in our projects or anything in our games or anything anything that we create if we're going to put something in there that has some cultural weight 
do your research before you even think about making an asset, before you think about uh, animating it, before you even think about concept art. Do your research. I have professors that have worked on games and they've taken sabbaticals and gone to countries just to learn about the things and the concepts that they want in their game so that it's more accurate, it's more respectful, they know their boundaries, and when they come back, they make something that is not only beautiful and shares the culture that they wanted to express, but it's respectful of the culture that they're, you know, sharing with the world. And it's it's ju- it's that easy. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> no, it's it's easy. It's all about the mindset going in. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very interesting. I never thought of that. It's usually like when you play a game. It's it's usually I think it's like the story and just pretty much like the character. That's pretty much. I never thought like actual like research. Research going through the design of the character. My only two things is like if it's uh, like a great story and has like good mechanics. That's pretty much it. I never thought doing all the thorough background checks. Mm, or I could teach you a couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I guess my um, other question is, uh, what are tips for like cosplayer uh, cosplayers that want to cosplay uh, characters from movies, from TV shows, video games, or fantasy? They're not, uh, they're from different race. Do you have any tips or kind of like I guess like a guideline to help them out so they want to offend anybody? Um, I mean it's it's pretty much you know the the same thing. So you're asking about uh, tips on just cosplaying things that are that are not familiar to you or yes the, whatever it's like not familiar oh well i mean um something that i mean i can share my process basically if i wanted to cosplay someone from a video game that was very very different for me um i would do my research on the character i would think about how they live and i I'm, I'm also a little bit obsessive, so so I might do just a little bit too much preparation, but, you know, I think about how they live, what they wear, why they wear it, you know, you know, who are their parents, if they have any, you know, what kind of character they are. I like to look deep into the character, and if there's something there that relates to real life, if they're from a different culture, if they're, uh, say, you know, from... In Asian culture, I would want to design my cosplay in a way where the, you know, the stitches would probably match the stitching of whatever historical period they're from. Um, it's it's all just in research. It's all in uh, educating yourself on the character, on the media, and what that media was inspired from. Yeah, I mean... I think what I would add to that is, uh, again, ask other people, you know, get other perspectives. If you have an inkling that maybe this is out of your, if you're a little out of your depth with this particular cosplay or this character, you're unsure how the reception will be, ask around. It's like, there's Reddit, there's Instagram, there are tons of cosplay communities where you can you know, put yourself out there or even just message someone and say, hey, you've cosplayed this character, you know, do you think this is appropriate? Um, you might have to dig a little bit or, you know, message a couple people, but y- you will get 
someone will respond and hopefully in a productive way. And I think that that's really one of the best ways you can kind of temperature test what you're doing. And again, kind of back to what I said earlier about like, you know, if the cosplay is really heavily reliant on you looking and doing certain things and wearing certain things that are very, very much based in a stereotype or like exaggerating a physical feature based on not your identity or race or culture, you know, you don't have to do those things in order to get that across. There are probably other identifiable things about that cosplay, but if that cosplay is so deeply rooted in that, it'll probably, you know, like it's going to be tough to do that without feeling a little uncomfortable. And so you've got to really do your due diligence about how you can get creative. I mean, I've seen, I had a friend who did a Pink Panther, Black Panther mashup because that was the best way that they could figure they could Mm -hmm. be a respectful, you know, non-Black person doing a Black Panther cosplay. You know, that was like, you know, that's, that's the way to do it, you know, because they felt like, yes, no one would really see them under the Black Panther suit because it's pretty much covering them, but they knew and wanted to respect all of the work that really went into developing Wakanda and like this particular, you know, character that means so much to the Black community and to people of color in general. And so that was their way of doing it. There's so many ways you can do that. You just have to, you have to put more effort in. And I think if you're not willing to do that, it's going to be really hard. I have a cosplay that I do. Um, It's from Critical Role, a Dungeons & Dragons um, video cast thing. Uh, But um, the character is Gilmore and he's very, very... um, Middle Eastern, perhaps North African coded. And uh, at the mm-hmm. time I was working at a fabric store and I would get a lot of people from that neck of the woods shopping. And, you know, I would ask them questions about, you know, very specific kinds of clothing and what is considered taboo for me to wear. Um, and then, you know, I would introduce them to the character, tell them that he's a merchant and, and stuff like that. And, I was able to create a cosplay that was really inspired by their culture and, you know, Gilmore himself and, uh, and, and not be offensive. And um, I think if you really want to embody a character that much, um, you should also be willing to take that extra step and, and figure out what you can and cannot do, you know? So, um, any final thoughts or takeaway you want to we want our listeners to know about the issue before we sign off? Um, so yeah, so I guess for those of you who just listened to this podcast, congratulations, you made it through. Um, but if you're thinking like, "Wow, I never knew any of this," or even just didn't know the extent of it, I strongly recommend that you take a moment to do some knowledge gathering. We keep talking about needing to look things up, reach out to people. It really, at its core, is about like expanding your perspective. And I think it's really our most important, most valuable. And I keep going back to the superpower because I'm a big comic book freak. Um, but don't allow the burden of the education to fall on someone else, particularly your friends and fellow, you know, nerds of color to provide that information, you know, follow blogs, listen to podcasts, sign up for Twitter, other social media, be uncomfortable, you know, follow that thread to see why and where it's that discomfort is coming from when addressing and participating in these kinds of conversations, because these conversations are uncomfortable, even for people who are used to engaging in them. Um, 
What else? Unpack your behavior and make different decisions based on what you learn. You know, I say this all the time because this is the work that I do, but we're all a little bit biased. It's primal. It's socialized. It doesn't have to be who you are or who you can be in the future once you've learned that it exists and you can alter your behavior once, you know, you've taken the time to really learn about it. And I think not relying on ignorance as an excuse is super important because frankly, it's really lame and it's tired. Um, And for those of you who've been doing this work all along, like Tatiana, you know, thank you for being our own sort of justice league because with that great responsibility has come this amazing power and it's not acknowledged enough. And that's a bummer, but you know, if it takes, you know, these moments to do that, then, you know, I'm happy to do it. And it's really an honor to thank you. Yeah. Um, just to piggyback off of what you said, um, for those people who are listening that didn't know anything about it, um, you now know, you can do some extra research if you'd like to see, because I can guarantee you everything that we said is not everything that exists <laughs> about this topic. Um, you know, talk to your friends about this. Spread the word. The more people that know about it, the more we can fix this growing problem in the community. Um, and, you know, we're all here to support each other. So, you know, the more that we argue about this, the more steps back we take as a the cosplay community. And as someone who, I mean, I used to be a hermit. I, I used to be bullied and stuff like that. And when I started cosplaying, I saw nothing but love. And I feel like that doesn't need to stop. So um, we should know what it feels like to to be dehumanized and and to be hurt by the actions of someone else um so we shouldn't follow in those footsteps we should be better than that and we should learn from each other um i just i I really hope that we can move forward with this Mm -hmm. and to my people of color uh stay strong and we can all get through this spread the love you know, all of that good stuff. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, a skin tone is not a costume. Um, you may be able to wipe it off at the end of the day, but we can't. And we face a lot of issues that we didn't ask for and um, other people benefiting from that kind of it feels awful so um i really hope we can move past this uh great uh before we sign off can you tell our, our listeners where can they go to find or how to follow you on your social medias sure um i am melanite Coscrafts. so um m-e-l-a-n-i-t-e c-o-s crafts that's me on facebook and on instagram and I'm Melanie CC on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at Paloma F. That's P-A-L-O-M-A-F. And on Instagram at Sublime, like the band, rubbish, like the British bin. One word, Sublime Rubbish. And you can also catch me on Temple of Geek. 
that's going to be a wrap of this episode of Double Geeks Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on our Facebook or Twitter by using the handle Temple Geek. Do you want to check out some other episodes or shows? Why not you head over to templegeek.com. There you will find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit templeofgeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.